The year is 1993. I am the exact age my younger child is now. New albums are released from Frankenstein Jukebox alums, They Might Be Giants, Beck, Neutral Milk Hotel, and Tool. And it was a huge year for movies. Here's a list of the movies that came out just in the summer of 1993 that would mean a lot to me at the time and as years went by. Jurassic Park, Last Action Hero, Sleepless in Seattle, Rookie of the Year, Free Willy, Hocus Pocus, Coneheads, Robin Hood Men in Tights, So I Married an Axe Murderer, The Fugitives, Searching for Bobby Fischer, The Secret Garden, and The Man Without a Face. Can this velociraptor on the loose, this reluctant chess prodigy, and this Seattle-residing Tom Hanks work together to liberate Song Promise, the lovable orca from the nefarious water park tycoons, Jeremiah Knott and Cornelius existing? This is Frankenstein's jukebox. everyone and uh and hello there's three of us and you know that from the intro and i think that that's fun also the title of the episode anyways hi i'm james <laughs> and this is my co-host daniel welcome to frankenstein's jukebox daniel hello james how are you to get composed and cohesive okay and you you know i'm i'm feeling good i'm feeling good excellent excellent well that's all about to change because we have a guest and it is colin <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for having me. It's Hi, been a blast. <laughs> Colin, uh, baby, don't go. Colin, baby, don't go. All right, I'll stay. Okay. Uh, I, I like that you said baby because uh, in 1993, oh, was kind of still a baby. I was two years old. Oh, oh Colin okay. was a baby. Was How like, does that make you feel, uh, James? Fine. So yeah, we're we're talking about the year 1993, and uh, as Colin has reminded us, the first thing we do is to start off by talking about what our 1993s were like. I think we should start with Colin, and then go to Daniel, and then go to me, just picking a random order. Colin, sure. what was your 1993 like? Uh, I was two, so I imagine nice. some form of cartoons, mm-hmm. some very brightly colored toys, uh, some clothes that my mom picked out that I clearly would not have chosen for myself, but that she was very proud of. Weirdly enough, though, like maybe the clothes thing has changed, but like, you know, brightly colored cartoons for sure is still around yeah. uh, because I literally watched Bluey today. <laughs> Bluey is great. Bluey, Bluey is, is great. Magical. And colorful toys. I mean, like. True, yeah. Now, in this episode, I am recording from right. back home, but in my apartment, yeah, for sure, my office space is, like, nothing like but this. figurines and, you know, right. uh, there's three spiders. Well, no, God, there's two, like, normal Spider-Men, and then there's, like, ten Funko Pop Spider-Men. So, you know, there's right. there's a bunch of colorful accoutrement, if you will. Well, Colin, that is great, and I'm glad that you were alive. Uh, thanks. Yeah, me too. Cool. Daniel, you were also alive. What was your 1993 like? Boy, howdy, can I not remember? I was five. Uh, So I would have been in uh, preschool, 
Mm-hmm. Or not not probably school, kindergarten. I would have been in kindergarten. Sure, yeah. Uh, with Miss Maddox. Okay. Miss Mad Docs is what you're doing Mad right now. Mad Docs, yep. And her address is... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it was a fine year. Yeah. Well, I survived it. Listen, True. that hey. is a lot. Mm. You know what? Hey, snaps. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. That's powerful. That's powerful right there. Thank you. Thank I you. agree. Well, let me tell you some stories about 1993. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, okay. So, uh, 1983, hold on. Seven was eight. So, I would have finished fourth grade and started fifth, um, which means that 1993 was the year we moved from Nebraska to Annapolis. So, that's when I became uh, an East Coast uh, resident. East Coast, Beast Coast. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's the one. Um, and uh, Mr. Menzel was my fourth grade teacher, and he ruled. Um, and uh, yeah, Miss Godoy was my fifth grade teacher, and she was very strict, and but the kind of strict that also ruled. Like she was strict, but like fair, so it was cool. Um, it snowed a lot. I don't know. Listen. <laughs> Uh, let's see, hold on. Season four and season five of The Simpsons were, were happening. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, what that means is that probably that summer, I think my dad got his PhD, which means that that would have been the summer that I uh, that he wrote his dissertation, and I watched a lot of The Simpsons while he read his dissertation to my stepmom. So it may be that summer 1983 was the first year that I watched, like that I watched the Simpsons. Exposed to the Simpsons, yeah. So mm. and that's thus actually huge. The Simpsons connection for James Anderson on podcasts. Yeah, I would, I would, I would not be who I am today if my dad didn't have his people. dissertation to, to do. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, 19th century women romantic poets. Pew. So yeah, 1983 was good. Uh, it's it's weird. It's it's right before. I think that I sort of cut off uh, like early '90s when I moved to Annapolis. So it's like it's the most modern of the early '90s for me, and um, that means I don't have a lot of memories, but I do have some, you know, dim uh, dim viewpoints, just like normal. That's what 1993 <laughs> was like, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that we can all agree that it was a clear picture that we've just painted. Very much so. Yeah, yeah for sure. Another clear picture we can paint is about the songs that we didn't pick for 1983, our honorable monsters. Ooh, yes. It's not that they weren't good enough. It's not that they weren't up to snuff. It's just that we didn't pick them. Before we get to any of our picks, Daniel, do we have any... uh, People from our social media that uh, weighed in on good 1993 releases? Absolutely. Uh, a friend of the show, James Wilcox, uh, at mm-hmm. James underscore librarian, uh, just shared a, uh, the album art for uh, Nirvana Heart Shaped Box. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the most James Wilcox uh, Nirvana single, if I may. Yes. Yes, I would agree. I always tell this story about in utero. I think I told it last year too, uh, or next year. You know, last episode. Uh, okay, in yeah. utero was the was the uh, the first album, and I think only album that I've ever been like, oh nope, 
I'm too young for this. This is a later. <laughs> this is a later thing. This is a later. And I James. put it, the cassette. I didn't return the cassette. I put it in like uh, in my in a in a drawer and like got it later. So I like how different you and I are because I uh, went with my cousin to uh, the record store when I was eight years old and I got uh, Enema of the State when it came out um, back in 1999. And that was definitely an album that was probably older than I should have been listening to, you know? And then I just went, I don't care. And I kept listening to it anyway. I think that, that I think we were probably pretty different. I would also argue that Enema of the State is gr- more grown up in a different way. Than... Very true. Very true. That's, that's true. I just, I just meant more yeah. like, for example, there, was, there were some oh. words in there that I was like, oh, that's new. You know? Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like at nine years old, like not really ever having heard the phrase fake tits, for example, mm-hmm. and you're like, huh, huh, okay. Yeah. And then right. you just make sure that your parents don't read the uh, the little inlay thing that shows all the lyrics and you just go, that's fine. We just won't show this I one. think it would be hilarious. Oh, they don't read it. Okay. I, yeah. I just pictured someone's parent hearing the party song and being like, wait, what was that lyric I just distinctly heard? Just yeah, like the you best go. ears. Yeah, and you go, nope. I don't know what you mean. No, nope. I don't know. Um. <laughs> So yeah, Colin, why don't you, uh, why don't we segue in from fake tits into you talking <laughs> Into, about. uh, gr- fake hits. Nope. The fake hit, like the ones that we didn't choose. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Colin, do you want to tell us about the, uh, songs you didn't pick for 1993? Yes. Uh, so I think the first one that I'm going to go with is, uh, Right, uh, crash test dummies. Uh, it is just mm, 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 mm. it's it's four sets of three M's, which I I don't know how else you would really say that title. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely the way to say it. Yeah, I think you have to sing it every time. Uh, well, or hum it technically. Um, so yeah, I, I chose that one just because it's a. I don't even know how to describe this song. It is a song that like, at, at, there's a part of me that goes, it's a good song, but also part of me goes. Is it? It's just yeah. it, it. It exists, and like I feel like it just sits in this perfect little nebula of like it was a thing. Are, are crash test dummies um, Canadian, or do I just think all weird songs are? Canadian? That's a good question. Actually, <laughs> that part I don't know. Let's find out. Crash I test. Believe they're dummies. Oops. Yeah, they're Canadian. They're from Winnipeg. Okay. Oh, I hate Winnipeg. I don't. That's the weaker than song. I do think that in the early 90s, there was this wave of Canadian alternative music that was like, oh, you think your alternative music is weird? Well, get a load of this, and then holds out the phone. Yeah. But the phone is a make-believe. Hey, Um, weird Canadian bands that are looking to do something? It's me, your cousin. Weird (laughs) Banadian bands? You know that sound you're looking for? All right. So, okay. So, the, uh, which is what, which is what it sounds like when you don't sing it or hum it. And it does sound like you're saying, uh, bad words. Mm-hmm. 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 What's your next one? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this one out early. So, uh, I'm, I mean, it's possible other people also had it, but it is creep by Radiohead. I just feel like that's, you know, a song that even today we're still putting in movies and doing stuff with. So, you know, I feel yeah. like it's not even necessarily, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big Radiohead guy. 
I don't know mm. if it's even my favorite Radiohead song, if I even have one. But I feel like it is like the one that like everyone knows. You know what I mean? So it's like for sure that feels um, there. Um, another one is like, and what's funny is is that like this isn't even one that I necessarily like all that much. I, I, again, just like the creep one, right? Where I'm like, I don't personally have a huge connection um, with this band or even this song. But the song "For Tomorrow" by Blur is something that I chose because. Uh, Blur is is now kind of a funny thing to me because ages ago, um, a, my, one of my mentors uh, went to a concert because he could have sworn that when he was looking at the flyer and was buying the ticket that it said that Blur was performing. And instead, he saw Blink-182 and was like, who the fuck is this? That's a so big it's difference. This, oh, I know. Yeah. And this was literally right around this time. It was like 1993, 1994. Somewhere right around there. So it would have been Blink. Uh, yes. Sorry, that's true. Yeah, at the time so that, I think that they were makes still a Blink. lot more sense about yes. why the confusion. R- correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think it was like just before the change. Um, okay. I have. I, I, was, I said three, right? Yes. Okay. So my next one. Hmm. I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, okay. Also, you know, I feel like another thing that I feel like that's a classic and like, I don't know most of the words to the song, but of course I know the chorus. Um, I would do anything for love. Uh, uh, I do anything for love rather a uh, meatloaf. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, yeah, that, yeah, you kind of have to. And then, Ooh, I then also have like seven screeching weasel songs that I could pick from. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I'm literally just gonna actually like randomly select one from this album just so I don't have I to think that. about it. Uh, crying in my beer. Okay. I, I I don't think I would have predicted screeching weasel at the end, but it does feel right that you've said it now. You so. know, it is one of those things where I think we talked about it off air, where I was kind of like, you know, I feel like I have a little bit of a brand at least you know online when I talk about music, and so I have been looking for. Uh, you know, music that was by bands that I do enjoy. And it's interesting how many bands that I love that were like, here's something in 1992 and in 1994. Right. And e- almost everyone skipped 1993. And I was like, okay, sure. All right. That's yeah. fine. Fair, I guess. And then Screeching Weasel put out two things in 1993. Like, like something Screeching that like, Weasel's like, ooh, it's our time to shine. Exactly. Yeah. It was like the start of the year. And then at the end of the year, um, they put some stuff out and I was like, why? <laughs> okay, I mean, sure, but also that's so that's so fast. Why did you yeah. why, why why do this? Um, so that's my five. Colin, excellent, excellent honorable monsters. Great picks, Daniel. What did you not pick? That's a great question. Let me go through what I picked for not picking. Uh, I also oh, went with Creep by Radiohead. Uh-huh. Interesting. I have a question now that we've both now that two people have brought this up. Do we prefer the radio edit? Or the album edit, which is uh, you're so very special versus you're so fucking special. Uh, I prefer the album edit. Same. Okay. Okay. They said it. Why would they change it? You know. Well, they, I understand it's because the radio. I know. I know that radio yeah. has to censor things, but like you get what I'm saying. It's like In, no, I said what I said. Let me say it. There are there are occasional times when when the radio edit or the censored version is preferable to me this isn't one of them but can you give me an example of one that is 
I can. Low Fidelity All-Stars Battle Flag. Uh, they, instead of saying uh, fuck, they, like, um, it wasn't a DJ scratch. It was just sort of like a, um, they just sort of did this rhythmic sort of thing with the with the drum machine sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, um, with like the voice, they sort of took the sample and sort of like bounced it around over the, over where they would say fucking. And I loved it. I loved that song so much. And then I heard the non-censored version and i was like oh oh okay daniel what's your next one uh my next one also by crash test dummies afternoons and coffee spoons (sighs) interesting i was thinking today if there are any musical references to t.s Eliot's love song of j alfred proofrock and there sure are turns out Right there. T.S. Eliot is also mentioned in the song. It would be criminal if he wasn't. So There are moments sometimes when I podcast with folks, uh, especially like James and Dan, where I'll be like, you know, I'm pretty smart. And then someone opens their mouth on a show and says something, and I go, I actually know nothing. I've I've, I've come to find out. I... I I am... uh, I feel like I'm just... I'm still just a baby. I'm... It's my first day here. I'm well, learning. You're just, a, you're I'm just two, you know. I'm new here. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's two. true. I am just two. There's a, a friends episode <clears> where <throat> Joey gets one volume of the encyclopedia. It's just the V, and so he brings up the <laughs> Vietnam War to, because he's now read about the Vietnam War and right. can discuss it. They talk about the Vietnam War for one second, and then they go to the Korean War, and he's all of a sudden back out of the conversation again because he doesn't know. It's like uh, T. S. Eliot is Colin's Korean War. <laughs> Ooh, wow. That's that just might be the title of the episode. I, either that or just the this episode is the James dunks on Colin all episode episode. Also, potentially James gets canceled episode. I feel like uh, a little bit. That was last. Maybe it's just early nineties. James gets canceled every episode. No, Daniel, uh, your third one. Continuing on, um, <laughs> drinking song by Moxie Fruvis. Okay. Uh so also I Canadian? also Canadian. Nice. I learned of Moxie, Moxie Fruvis uh, in my twenties, and very much enjoy their stuff. Uh, and the song "Drinking Song" is um, a very powerful song that I, I really enjoy. It's beautiful. Uh, it's emotional, uh, and just really, really great. Um, but I think the main reason I didn't pick it is because I am currently going through uh, some stuff regarding my relationship with alcohol and stuff and didn't really want to focus on that too much. So, uh, fair. That's, yep, that's that. Uh, next up, one of my favorite songs to do on uh, Dance Dance Revolution. Okay. Uh, when I uh, found out that it was a Duran Duran song, I about mm. flipped. Oh, okay. Uh, and just absolutely love "Ordinary World" by Duran Duran. Uh, I when I was looking up, you know, because again I was two, so I sometimes had to figure out what songs do I know that were from 1993 that I just you know found out about later, kind of thing. Um, and that was one of them, and I found that earlier, and I had considered that, but it was, it was uh, lower than some of the things because I was like, I know it, but I'm not like deeply familiar with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was like a, a fave song for me in the in the late 2000s. Yeah. It's uh, a good one. Well, the mid, sure. not, not the late 2000s, the mid 2000s, uh, back when I would, you know, play DDR. Uh, Some would say all the 2000s were mid. Am I right? Oh, Jane? sick burn <clears throat> on the aughts. I was going to say that, and then I was like, nah. That one was more, <laughs> more for you, because I like, every now and then, James will be like, hey, here's some modern slang. Did I do it right? Was that good? Was that fun? Yeah. For all of us? Yeah. So that was sort of my little nod yeah. to James. Love it. Yeah. Uh, my last one is going to be Cannonball by the Breeders. Mm. Just mm. such a solid, solidly 90s song for me. Uh it it conjures up just like it it just conjures up the 90s feel for me so much and i just love it it's such a great song well that is a great transition to my honorable monsters where i also picked cannonball by the breeders very nice very <laughs> nice <laughs> uh it and the breeders are funny because it's it's uh one of those things where you're like oh her voice sounds like the the lady from the Pixies' voice, and then it's it, it is. That's why that is. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Words. Yeah. Um, except and also twins. That too. Um, so I picked. I also picked a, a Nirvana song from In Utero, "Serve the Servants." Um, I really like In Utero. Now that I'm not ten. Or eleven, like once I reached like yeah. seventeen or eighteen, I was like, "Oh, this is really loud," and <laughs> yeah. yeah, it remains and this and remains really that way. Um, so, serve the servants. Uh, also, in sort of the uh, grunge area, I picked uh, "Go" by Pearl Jam. Nice uh, versus is my favorite Pearl Jam album, and uh, that's one of my favorite songs on it. I really like. I would say most, if not all, of the songs on that album. And that's Pearl Jam is sort of like a 90% usually uh, of the album I'm, I'm, I'm on board with. But the, that one is, a, is more like a 95. So nice. congratulations, Pearl well, Jam. Well, this is 93, but okay. Oh, yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Which is sort of in between. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it's weird. I didn't pick any Soundgarden. That'd be funny. Um, I picked... Uh, um, my favorite Smashing Pumpkins album, Siamese Dream, came out in 1993, uh, so I picked a song off that. Uh, it's a song that I pick, I would normally have picked a different song uh, if I was just saying, like, what's my favorite song from the album? But because it was an honorable monster, I was considering it for aspects. So, of course, I had to pull out the longest song on the album, which is called Silverfuck, which, speaking of censorship, the reason why I know its name is Silverfuck is because... There's someone credited on that song that isn't credited anywhere else. So the name of the song had to appear in the credits. And that's the only place it appeared on that album because I got my copy of Siamese Dream at Walmart in 1996 or 7 or 8 when they were censoring album art, uh, such as taking the track listing off the back if it had a bad word in it. So a uh, little bit of detective work on that one. Uh, you know, Get wrecked, Walmart. Um, just in general. But also specifically then. And then uh, the last one I have is not uh, an early to mid-90s grunge band. Uh, it is Wu-Tang Clan uh, from <clears throat> from uh, Enter the 36 Chambers. 
my favorite song on that album is The Mystery of Chess Boxing. Uh, the whole album is really, really good, but that um, that song is uh, my favorite. So um, Good. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, those are our honorable monsters. Good picks all around. Good picks all around. And now let's get into our uh, actual picks, the songs we actually are bringing to Make a Song for Mize. Um, uh, Colin, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, I have brought in Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. Very good. Um, this is a song where I feel like for a number of years in my life, I could not escape this song. And not like in a bad way. I just mean like, you know, I, I feel like in the 90s and uh, early 2000s, back when the radio was still uh, majorly relevant, um, mm. Uh, and especially like in my life, because I I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to the radio. You know what I mean? Um, I think if I have recently, it would have been on accident while like accidentally hitting the FM button in my car and going oops, and then hitting Bluetooth again. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. So yeah, so like I have not purposefully listened to the radio uh, since I don't know, two thousand three, maybe. Wow. Um, so I mean, twenty That's years. A long time. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I said thanks. I, like, I was, uh, like I was proud of it. But like there was a point in time where I feel like there were a lot of songs that, you know, you would just hear all the time for many years. Um, and this was one of them. And I think rightfully so. I think this is, uh, as the kids would say, uh, is a bop. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I can't help but just sort of, you know, th- actually like, you know, bop around when that song plays it's a it's a sure. classic little tune absolutely it's it's definitely a good like sing along mm-hmm. sing along tune mm-hmm. yeah uh august and everything after is my favorite counting crows album and it's my uh if ever you're doing james trivia that's my rainy day album if it's raining i might be listening to that one that's um, a good rainy day album yeah colin excellent excellent pick and also may i say just a little bit surprising and kind of a pleasant pleasant little surprise there that you brought it, because you were expecting like me to bring in some like punk contingency or or what I, yeah i think a little bit like you that you kind of yeah a little bit okay no, not in a bad that. way no no, I mean, oh, no, no, no that, yeah. that's not bad yeah no i was just curious as to what about yeah. it was was uh surprising rather i think because it was sort of a radio hit um, mm-hmm. a little bit where it's like, oh, oh yeah, okay, that's not even one that I need to look up or 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 track down or whatever. Um, yeah, good pick. Thanks, Daniel. James, what song did you bring for this year, nineteen ninety three? Uh, that is a great question. I brought the song Thanks. "Cold Fire" by Rush. Yes, uh, to to this. Mix. Cold Fire is off the album Counterparts, um, which has some some good songs on it. Uh, my favorites being um, Cut to the Chase, Nobody's Hero, and Cold Fire. Uh, okay. They're like, this was something like the 14th or 15th album from Rush. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. They've been around. Uh, yeah. But I'll, I'll get a little bit more into it 
uh, when I'm getting into the aspects, but I love the feeling of this song. Uh, it's just a good rock song, and it's got some very good, like, uh, very evocative feelings. It, it it conjures up very specific type of mindset for me, and I can't really explain why. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's what I brought, because I love this song. This is a song um, that, uh, the type of song that you bring sometimes that I'm like, oh, you can like a lot of music and listen to a lot of music and still have gigantic holes in your <laughs> music knowledge. Like you're like this. I'm like, I know the band. I listen to it. I'm like, this is a great song that I've never heard before. And I think that's I love that. That's that's one of my favorite parts of this show is like, okay. Yeah. I'll listen to that. Oh, interesting. So excellent pick. Excellent pick. Thank you very much. James. Yes. What did you pick? Well, it, this is a song that, uh, when I think of this song, I think of Annapolis and listening to it, and the uh, I had a crush on a girl that lived across the street, and this song isn't specifically, like, evocative of her, but, like, I think of this song being on the radio when I would be, like, going over to her house or whatever. Um... It is from Ace of Bass, and it is called The Sign. I remember this is sort of like Colin was saying with, with Mr. Jones. Like, this would be on the radio a lot, and I'd be like, yeah, here we go. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, The Sign by Ace of Bass is, uh, is my pick, and I am just astounded by the difference in early 90s music that we've brought to this episode yeah, all three is... very early '90s. All three sound very different from each other, which means it's time to get into some aspects and make a song that I would mm. assume is going to sound different than all of them. Um, <laughs> but who knows? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel, what is the aspects of uh, Rush's uh, "Cold Fire" that you want to uh, bring to our song compromise? All right. So the main feeling that I get from this song during the verses is the feeling of a summer night right before a storm hits. It's not like cloudy. I mean, it's like it's cloudy, but like you can still see a little bit of the sun. It's not like it's, it's the sun. The sun is actively setting and you can still see bits of the sunset, but it's also like, you know, there's a summer storm on its way and it's going to rain later that night. Is that a whole song feel? The music? What what is what is it that, that, that evokes that for you? I would love to tell you. Great. I can't say that I know for sure. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. That's what I was expecting that because the second you were like, I would love to tell you, I was like, oh, so Dan hasn't quite <laughs> got their finger on it yet. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's a mix of Sharing the conversation, lyrically, the conversation is that of uh, almost a, a fight between a couple. Okay. A, a discussion, at the very least, about things they need in their relationship the differently, right? Right. And there's something about that that makes me feel, like, that, that evokes that sunset before a storm feeling. Yeah. Um, mm. But I also think it's in the music in the verses of kind of 
lighter, more sparse guitar, but like a strum and holding on the note mm-hmm. and kind of almost a feeling of suspense without using like sevenths, which you normally get to like draw that there's a change coming right. type sound out. I, I think that's what it is. Okay. For me. Okay. So I yes. think it's more of a musical thing than it is of a lyrical thing. Okay. Um, but I think it's honestly probably a combination of the two. Right. Okay. Uh, my next aspect is opening with a strong guitar riff. Excellent. Hmm. Uh, because this song opens with some muted strumming and then just jumping right into Alex Lifeson rocking it out on the guitar. And I absolutely love that. It's such a great, good, high-energy kickoff to the song. Absolutely. And my third aspect uh, involves the lyrics in the chorus. Okay. So the lyrics in the chorus are uh, eighth notes, basically, in terms of timing. It's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's not constantly eighth notes, but like that part of it, it's very kind of a driving feel to it. Okay. Uh, that I I love when they do that in songs, especially with uh-huh. uh, kind of like a bit of a staccato feel right. to the way that the lyrics are being sung with a good like heavy guitar piece in the background. I think I love that combination of the two. For sure. Uh, so those are my three aspects. Fantastic. Colin? Yes. What did you bring us from Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows? Okay, so this is interesting because I also had something from the intro. Okay. Um, and part of this is, again, to sort of harken back to those things I think that people were expecting of me, right? To make sure that we are still having some connection to uh, a bunch of uh, different punk bands that I really like um, from all eras. You got some classic shalalas in this mm-hmm. song. And the song also starts with the sha-la-la-la-la-la, right? Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of not to already kind of paint some picture here, but if you ha- if you start off with like a muted guitar into a riff, you could have that little sha-la-la over the muted and then just rip into your main hook kind of thing there, which I think is cool. Because um, that's sort of what they do in... Uh, in Mr. Jones, though, it's, it doesn't just, it doesn't really rip at any point, you know? Right. Um, but it does lead me into my next thing, uh, okay. my second thing, which is, uh, uh, oh, that's right. And also, the shalalas can obviously happen throughout the song, but like, you know, sure. you, you do that first one there. Um, sure. There is a specific tone to like the, like the rhythm guitar that's just sort of holding it all down throughout the whole song, right? And it's the kind of tone that you can find across songs of this nature, right? Which is like the kind of more, not exactly ballad, but it's not like, you know, cranking rock music, you know, um, in the 90s. Uh, I feel like another great example of a band that really used this sound a lot was uh, the Wallflowers, for example. There is this, there is this like kind of like tweed guitar uh, amp that is like it's it messes with the tone just a little bit in a way that it kind of actually makes the tone a little worse but right. weirdly it works right so it's that thing where it makes a guitar kind of sound like it's not really in tune despite it being in tune um because right. it adds this sort of light warble to it so it just okay. sits really 
I don't know how to describe this, but like it's it's got a kind of big high end, uh, or the, sorry, the the high end is there rather. Um, the mid is pretty pretty high, and then weirdly, like not all of your low notes are you know are cranking through, but some of those like you know when they hit like the E chord or whatever, like when it really hits that E string, you'll hear that boom in it. You're like, oh yeah. God, okay, chill, stop. You don't have to hit it that hard. It's right. fine. We get it. We you're playing the chord. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it has this real fun, like, uh, it almost is like the guitar version of like a Wurlitzer piano, I feel like, you okay, know, sure. it's just that, that light, that little light warble, that kind of like shimmery type thing. And yet it's like, it's, it has, it basically, it's like a 50% effect, I think is kind of why it sounds like that. Right. It's like, you get a little bit of the clean tone underneath this like other affected tone but they are like 50 50 so they kind of clash just a little bit right and i think that's where that comes from um so there's that uh, and then i like that to me mr jones is i think the the predecessor to music of today that is made for tiktok here's what i mean let me let me let me preface this right I want you to think about this whole song, right? And think about like what you know about it lyrically, right? Which, by the way, the lyrics are great. I, this was a, this was a close runner up for me. Like, if I had a fourth thing, it would probably be a little bit of the subject matter of like kind of struggling artists because I reflect on that and understand that as a struggling artist. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that I feel like the thing that pretty much everyone knows about this song is like, Mr. Jones and me, right? Like, and so what you get is, is you get this hook in the chorus okay. that, that everyone recognizes and it's the 15 seconds of super recognizable music. And then the rest of it is, is there now, granted, I think unlike the music of today, I think that the rest of this song is still very good. There are a lot of songs that will get popular on TikTok and you recognize that it's because they made the thing that they're using for like viral challenges and stuff like that. And then the rest, they just sort of throw together. It's rare that the whole song is actually really fucking good. Right. Um, but I feel like this is that thing, right? Where you're like, okay, there's some music. I kind of recognize it. And then Mr. Jones. And this is where you would do some sort of like, you know, I'm in a vertical frame and like, I can't really go too far with my arms because if I go too far, I'm off the frame. Yeah, exactly. Do my little head motion, my little, my little hip shake, my little, have you seen my butt? Um, cause we love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, doing the renegade. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, hmm. Renegade to Mr. Jones. I wonder how that would line up. Um, I mean, doing that dance to Mr. Jones. So, you know, I I think, though, that there's this element of, like, uh, what's fun is is that, like, when you get that one little hook, and then there is kind of almost the same thing as your chorus, Dan, right? Which is, there's, it's not exactly steady eighth notes, but it is a kind of moving line. And I feel like the lyrics don't, like, exactly, like, flow in a perfect like meter per se right it is almost this um we're just sort of nebulously singing other lyrics after that main bit and then it just immediately lines back up into the verse like most of the time you're like singing your chorus and there's like a big note or big thing to then cut back into the verse but the way that it's like 
he's singing, you know, like, uh, uh, like coming through in stereo when everybody loves you, you can never be lonely. Well, I'm going to paint my picture, right? Like it's, just, there's yeah. no, there is no pause between any of yeah. that. And you're just like, Oh God. Okay. We're, we're back in the verse. You know, it's just like, yeah, it happens so quick that to some extent you're almost like, where did the chorus end? Right. So I do kind of like that. But like, I feel like the idea of just like that bit that's almost TikTok worthy right. is, is the main thing that I'm going for with this chorus. That's a really cool uh, aspect to have brought from this to this song from 1993, Colin. Yeah, I like good that. Job. Thank you. Well, I am very excited to do my aspects because I'm going to start with this one. Uh, we have our la- our shalalas, um, but the sign also has woos in it, and I do also want to have some woos or owoos uh, in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of. Uh, Lyric writing is going to be really easy this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, also, I will say... And shalalas, and we're done. Um, I, will, I will say, like, to, to be clear, uh, also, if it does help, I don't think that, for me, it is specifically that it has to be a shalala. Like, there's right. shananas, there's nananas, there's woes, right? I think it's that, like, almost like the original version of, like, hyping up a lyric. You're like, oh, we don't really have something here, but we're going to still, like, you know, uh... Uh, right, like uh, for you know hip hop kind of music, right? Like you're 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 yeah. setting up that pace. You're like kind of doing your your filler to get to your main hook. Or also, you don't have a horn section because you're not a ska band, but you still want a little something. So you become your own little horn you know, section. That's right? actually I I don't know if you were joking, but I think that's actually not a bad thought about why those kinds of like the shalalas yeah. happen is because you don't have your Memphis horn section. Yep. But you want to sound like you do, and so you a little bit, yeah, yeah. It's we. I want a Memphis horn section, and your mom's like, we have a Memphis horn section <laughs> at home, and it's shalalas and nananas and wahs. Yeah, yep. That's it's perfect. That's exactly it. Music. Next one uh, is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, I, I brought it to the very first Frankenstein's jukebox episode. Modulation. Gonna have some modulation in there. Mm. Um, Love a good modulation. Doesn't matter where. Just want it to go up all the way. He said. Like a full octave? Uh, listen, that that, that was just a joke because you said all the way. So I was thinking like, I was like, whoa, that's a a large step. That's a big jump. Can you imagine like all those Motown songs instead, if instead of going up just like a a half or full step, if instead they were like, you know, suddenly singing like a full full octave octave above, it's the same song, but just all of a sudden it's a little bit like Alvin and the Chipmunk style. You're playing the top of your bridge and everything. I love that. I love that idea. Me too. Um, (laughs) And then uh, the lyrics uh, uh, describe some sort of epiphany, just sort of like. If you, if I had to put words together, like if you, for instance, saw some sort of thing and it opened up your eyes, you saw the thing. I don't know. I saw the, sign, the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Clobbering time. Fanny. Huh. That's probably how that's spelled. Okay. Well, so <laughs> to to go uh, to go over uh, what we have, um, we have. In the other section is where I put the uh, summer night pre-storm sort of vibe to it. I, I think, think that's fair. Okay. Uh, lyrics, the chorus is going to uh, have sort of staccato eighth notes sort of feel to them, to the, to the chorus. 
the song is going to have, while it doesn't have to be shalalas and owos, we want I want two different filler. I am right there sounds. with you. Okay, I want two fair. Dis- yeah. distinct, yep. distinct different yeah. ones. One yeah. for fillers. each. Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And then the lyrics uh, will describe some sort of epiphany. Uh, for music, uh, we're going to open with a strong guitar riff. The rhythm guitar's tone is going to be, I wrote, wallflowersy, warbly. I wrote high end in really small letters, mid in larger letters, and then low in sort of normal letters. And then I wrote like a Wurlitzer piano, but for guitar. I, I captured that in a way that I could understand it with uh, five letters that were also a word that Colin used that I was just like, yes, that is the perfect way to describe that tone. And that's tweed. Mm. Tweed, yeah. yes. It's a tweed tone. As opposed to twee, which is which is not. Very different. Yes. We're not Bell and Sebastian. We're Adam and Mr. Joe. Okay. Super, uh, super recognizable hook in chorus. Um, and by super recognizable, I mean TikTok worthy hook in the chorus. And then modulation, um, not of a whole octave. A normal modulation, regular, regular style modulation. So those are our aspects. I don't know what I was expecting, but this feels different in a good way. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Glad to hear that. We got a lot of guitar stuff. Yep. To do. Um, we have sort of a summer night pre-storm vibe and then an epiphany at some point. Shalala's no woes. What are we thinking for genre? Hmm. Gregorian monk chant? You know how the Gregorian monks, the tone on their rhythm guitar was like... <laughs> Tweed. So I would tweed. argue that of all the monks, they were definitely the most tweed. Yeah, for sure. For also sure. The most Gregorian. Yep. Fuck you, Franciscans. I would go with yeah, Ian, but I understand if other people want to pick Greg. <laughs> uh, art? Is Art Monk a, a football player? Am I yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a, what a wild what a pull. pull that was. <laughs> that was a hell of a pull, actually. But also one it. that will make uh, my mom very happy. She fucking loved Art yes. Monk. Monk Does she great. hate Franciscan monks too? I have no clue. We've never spoken about the other monks. Well, the I feel like <laughs> genre-wise, a lot of in the jungle. we've got a strong guitar. We've got shalalas. We've got a warbly tweed. We could do like a birds, sort of jangly late sixties kind of deal. I was thinking that, or we could go into. We could go into country. Okay. I, I will say also something that I think will really change or determine your genre and stuff like that. I think also is going to be very dependent on how you want your drums and bass to sound. Because we didn't really address any of that. Mm. But like, yeah. for example, like if you're going to have like a super driving bass line, it's definitely not going to end up being like super country i feel like like i mean unless you're doing like rockabilly type stuff you know what i mean like right, right. i uh, but i mean like you know uh country music will be somewhat similar to the uh cat and crow sound a little bit in terms of like that those bass lines that are mostly the roots but then you have like leading tones into the into stuff uh like one or two extra notes so you're like hitting like a half note and then a boom boom boo doo do kind of thing right you know like cutting into the next note but like mm. or leading into it 
but then also if you know you're doing like a kind of like the uh using like the eighth notes type situation of like constantly driving and pushing it forward same thing with drums like you know yeah if it's a light shuffle that'll also kind of change your genre because we didn't we it's interesting that we mostly talked about lyrics uh and melody stuff a little bit of guitar i was surprised that i didn't mention the bass line because the bass line to cold fire is great because of course it's a rush bass line it's going to be great mm-hmm. right right yeah I didn't want to put too much. First of all, I've done like driving bass lines as an aspect so many freaking times already. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's to be expected. But I also wanted to leave us open in that department so that we could figure out if we want a good driving bass line or if we want something that takes a little bit more of a back seat to guitar. It may be a little understated. Yeah. Well, what if I think that uh, this is the former option? What about like um, like a Motown or girl group sort of like like uh, Shirelles or sort of he's a rebel or sort of some like that kind of early sixties sort of sort of deal? The guitar might be wrong. Yeah, I think the guitar doesn't really fit. We I mean we get the okay. owos and shalalas in there for sure. Yeah, but I think the staccato lyrics yeah. in the chorus and the the right. feel. Like the summer night feel wouldn't fit great there. That's true. Okay, that makes sense. That's Beach Boise, not like Boise, Idaho, but like Beach Boys. Bo- you and I both saw that look yeah. in James's face I at know. the same time. I, that's why I had to stop it pretty quick. I good was like, call, "Well, you call. can't say it's something that is definitely also technically just a word." I do kind of like a like a beach vibe because if you have that summer okay. night, you know, drifting mm. away, you know, uh, sure, sure. Beach Boys are like Dan, uh, Janet. Modulation Jordan. easily done. Mm-hmm. The woes and stuff like that, you know. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, are we thinking like a like a uh, like a surfer girl sort of campfire on the beach, or are we thinking more of like a like a, a surfing like not a it's not a surf right, song, yes, it's a beach correct. song. So, like, like. Okay, I don't want to say Jimmy Buffett, right? But I, I want to say it's like you're leaning more towards Jimmy Buffett versus like a um, wipeout, right? Like when you're thinking right. the beach, okay. you're thinking a little bit more island time looking at the ocean versus I'm in the ocean. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yacht rock right. almost. Almost, yeah. That's that's I'm on the ocean. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay. I like well, that. What are we thinking about that? Yeah, I like good. that. Yeah. I think you can have kind of a, a strong guitar pieces that uh, that we have in there. We can get that that tweed tone for sure can fit in there mm-hmm. real nicely. It's I think our biggest challenge is going to be the you know TikTok aspect of it and getting like a. a a solid hook, but that's also just right. one of my biggest challenges as a songwriter in general is ever having any sort of good hook to it. Right. Well, I mean, I also will right. say it's also that thing of like, as much as, you know, any of us will say like, Oh, it's a little bit like when I've uh, done work for a company and they'll go and we'll, we'll just, we'll just make this one viral. Right. And it's like, right. you don't get to right. choose. That's not how that works. So it's like, <laughs> I will say, you know, do, you know, obviously, you know, what you think is is best, and it, that's that thing where we'll put it up on TikTok, and if suddenly people are doing you know all these challenges with it, we're like, hell yeah, there hell we go, yeah. we nailed it. And if not, we go, okay, well maybe it's not a single, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. but that doesn't mean that's a 
an incorrect song to put on the album. Perfect. Right. I like that look. That's yeah. a good, and that's a good thought. That's a good thought for sure. Because uh, some songs are your are your uh, your party songs, and some songs are your all the small things. Mm. You know. Interesting. Yeah. But I would certainly say don't cut either one. My question to you Fair is: enough. Which Fair one enough. are you? Are you a party song? Or are you all the small things? I ooh, see that's tough because I feel like I want to be like the big hit single kind of thing, you know, and like the one that everyone knows. But at the same time, yeah. party song is a good time. You know what I mean? Party song is a good time. Um, I think that my brain moves as quick as the party song. Like I think that's how fast the track that's in my head constantly talking and like, you know, the inner dialogue is going. Uh, but I think that like I'm kind of more of like a somewhat cutesy, like mm, I'm just a little jam. I'm a little jam. And I feel like that makes me all the small things. Fair. Plus I'm short. I'm five foot seven. Yeah. That'll do it. So I am right. the small things. Really, 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 really short. You're some of the small yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the small part things. of the small things, <laughs> partially average uh, sized. I, I would say that <laughs> partially yeah. average sized. Now that's the kind of that's, that's the episode title right there. Partially average sized. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, if anyone is curious, I am I am the specific part of the party song where uh, he says, "I'd rather go dateless than stay here and hate mm. this." That is that a is a good killer. line, yeah. It is very good. And Daniel, do you would you like to weigh in on this? On yeah, which, this uh, viral, which one are you? Um, well, which one are you? The ain't nothing small about of, me. Uh, wow. Oh, now you had you had to take that blink when you. I can't even finish the joke. I oh, think boy. though this is giving strong energy of the lyric. Let's go, motherfuckers. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So. No, I do. I I do feel like I would be party song. Uh, mm-hmm. just, I think we're all a good time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, listeners, oh, please like feel that. free to to tweet us and tell us which one you think you are. And then tweet us and then tweet your us. guitar. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Send us send us your own custom <laughs> tweed tones that we can load into GarageBand Ooh, yeah. and, and rock out with. Yeah, send us your precepts. That that would be great. Exactly. That's all. All of you listeners out there with all of the set presets you've got, send them our way. All the presets. presets. Oh, love it. Yeah, we did it. Um, okay, so are we thinking? We're thinking kind of a a, a beachy, buffety kind of kind of deal. Yeah, I think so. I think that works. Yeah, you look unsure. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm. I think I have. I definitely have a bias that I. I know that Jimmy Buffett has had a long and storied career. I think that I am in that place. Maybe like where some people are with bare naked ladies, where it's like, what you mean the, uh, the shaker of salt guy. <laughs> I like, get that. I I know that like he has a, a oh, larger God, discography, yeah, but I think that it's hard for me to sort of. Uh, and funnily enough, he started off his country, so it's not we're sort of back mm-hmm. around to the to the country uh, area too. He's um, one of those guys where I don't really listen to his stuff like at all, but oftentimes right. when I first fire up the grill, especially during the summer, 
that's some like sometimes I'll throw mm. a few of those tracks on just for a little bit and I'll go, okay, now back to my n- normal listening. But it is like a thing where I go, makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. It's like, it kind of makes me feel like it's part of the grill dad aesthetic. So it's like, I don't have any Uh new balances, so I got to at least do this. For sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. That GDA. Um, I I think that this is maybe a, a thing where I, you know, I won't sort of do anything with it until I hear the music and then I'll sort of be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I see what mm. we're doing here. I think that's, I think it's just hard for me to imagine sort of what, what we're dealing with. I have no problem with it. No um, qualms. Parrot heads, just everyone, just everyone just chill out. The notoriously mercurial and angry and aggressive <laughs> yeah. parrot heads. They're really gonna, they're gonna be up in arms for a second and they're gonna hear it and they go, wait a minute. Yes. Turns out this slaps. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Okay, well, how are we feeling? I think we're feeling good. Like that's a that's an episode. Okay, cool. Hey, Colin. Yep. What What would you like to plug at the end of this episode? Is there anything that you want to talk about, or a stream you want to talk about being sure? On or, yes. Or a show with a handsome co-host that you uh, want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I used to do a podcast called uh, Journey Under Thirty. Which is still available. So, you know, my very handsome co-host Alex Taylor was a part of that. Um, so you could He's check handsome. that out. Um, you could also check out this little number that I do called Timeline Scavengers. It's no big deal. There's not like it's not like there's a lot of episodes. It's not like we did uh, five years worth of or six years worth of podcast episodes in uh, just barely over two years. Um, you know, it's not like there's nothing like that going on for sure. Um, right. And uh, I do that with a okay co-host. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's fine. Um, No, I'm kidding. It's James, and James is great. Um, And uh, then I do also stream. um, My handle is the same everywhere, with the exception of YouTube, because YouTube and the way that they let people claim stuff was not uh, great. So I did lose out on my, uh, my usual handle. But I am at Colin M. Parker on all socials and also on Twitch.tv. Um, slash Con and Parker, where I stream Monday, Thursday, Friday at a minimum. Um, nice, and that's where you can catch me. Fantastic, Daniel. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media uh, at Dantendo sixty four. Um, basically everywhere. I am on Twitter. Uh, no matter what it is choosing to call itself, um, I, I am Twitter, on yeah, Blue yeah. Sky. Uh, I'm on Instagram and often forget that it exists. Um, but yeah, come find me at Dantendo64 and, uh, let's chat. Dan, I want to check in your Zelda podcast. Is that, where is that? Is that, it is, uh, we have recorded one episode. We are uh, waiting for our editor to get back to us with it. Um, and we are working on figuring out when we can schedule to record another episode. It's just tricky because of the kid. Fantastic. Right. Right. That makes sense. Cool. Well, uh, if you wanted to find me, I'm, I'm on Twitter at uh, Unabashed James. Uh, our show can be found at Frank's Jukebox. Our network can be found at uh, Scavengers Net. Um, and, you know, there are places where you can listen to the show and rate it, uh, whether it's on the an, an app, on a website, or just in your own mind. And give us good, good ratings, because, you know... It's sort of like a power of positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Give us five stars, and then maybe you'll start to think that it was five stars. Exactly. Because it was five stars. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and 
Colin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. As always, I'm James Anderson. I'm Daniel Spencer. And I'm Colin Parker. See you last year. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.